Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We're so glad that you're here today. What a beautiful uh, weekend that we've had. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Campus. I'd like to welcome all those in our Sunday experience at the Dream Center and those watching online and on demand. It's a, it's a great day to be together uh, in the house of the Lord. You know, we're continuing our series <clears throat> called Time to Dream. And I do believe that God has a dream for your life. This entire series is based on one simple verse from the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8. It said, So I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. In this, in this series, we're going to talk about how God opens and God closes doors to accomplish his will in our lives. And I believe that, God, that there are God opportunities that he has planned for you. That there are opportunities that God's going to move in your life, that he's going to open some doors for you, and he will close doors. Now, all of us have dreams that we're believing for. Some of you have dreams of maybe uh, getting a new apartment or giving, getting a new house or maybe a, getting a job or getting a promotion. Some of you have a dream of uh, being healed of your illness or your uh, chronic condition or maybe breaking free from an addiction. You know, so many times when we have these lofty dreams, we look at those dreams and we say, man, that, that'll never happen to me. I mean, that, that, that's just too big. But let me say this, those things that you consider are impossible are made possible through the power of Jesus Christ. I believe that God has a plan for your life. Here's the big idea of this series. God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. Now, how do I know that? Because God promises to do more than we even imagine. You know, when God wants to do something in your life, he begins with a dream. Nothing starts happening until somebody starts dreaming. Nothing starts happening until somebody starts dreaming. Every great accomplishment that first began as a God-given dream in somebody's mind. God gave Noah the dream of, of building an ark. God gave Joseph the dream of becoming a ruler. God gave Moses the dream of leading the Israelis, Israelites uh, free from captivity. God gave David the dream of becoming a king. God gave Nehemiah the dream of building a wall around Jerusalem. Stevens Creek Church began as a dream. In 1981, when I was 20 years old, I was sitting in a church ministry class at Lee University. And it was during that class that God gave me a dream of starting a church. But personally, that dream scared me to death. I mean, I thought about that and I wondered about that dream, 
for six years before it ever came to pass. For six years, I wondered, could I do that? For six years, I wondered, what would it be like? And sometimes we have these big dreams and we wonder, God, is this really you? How can you tell if your dream is from God? Here's how you can tell. It will require faith. It will require faith. If you can do it with your own strength and in your own ability, you don't need God. But if the dream is so big that it seems to be humanly impossible, then I believe that God is up to something in your life. Every great business, every great company, every great piece of art, every great musical note began, first of all, in somebody's imagination. They had to imagine it before it became or becomes a reality. It all starts in your mind. Nothing happens until somebody starts to imagine something. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about how faith and how dreams come together. I believe that there are five things that will help you understand God's dream for your life. There are five things that uh, I'm going to share today that hopefully will help you understand God's dream for your life. Here's the first one. Imagination is essential to living by faith. Imagination is essential to living by faith. You cannot live by faith without using your imagination. Now, in the New Testament, there's a book toward the end of the New Testament, a book called Hebrews. And in chapter 11, as you read chapter 11, you'll see uh, many people call this the Hall of Faith. You know, we have a Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Faith. And in that chapter starts by uh, ask, answering a question. What is faith? Have you ever asked that question? What is faith anyway? Well, verse 1 tells us, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, and it is assurance about what we do not see. Faith is a way of seeing. In other words, God says whatever we hope for, whatever we believe or, or we are believing for, that's what faith is. Faith is a way of seeing, and God gives you two ways of seeing, right? He gives you the physical eyes where you use your eyes and you can look across the Dream Center uh, tonight or you can look across our South Campus or in this room. And you see a lot of different people. You see a lot of different colors. You see a lot of different patterns. That's your physical eyes. So you can see with your physical eyes, but you can also see with your imagination. You start to picture things in your mind. You have this vision. You have this picture of something. That's your imagination. And your imagination starts to shape your life. In other words, it starts to shape the way you think. And the way you think is going to affect the way you feel. And the way you feel is going to affect the way you act. Now, you've heard me say this before. That if you want to change the way you act, then you have to change the way you think. Let me say that again. If you're going to change the way you act, you've got to change the way you think. 
The way you think determines how you're going to live your life. Because God works through your thoughts. Listen to the words of Proverbs chapter 4 when it says, Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. For instance, a person that says, Oh, there's no way I can't do this. And then a person that says, Yes, I can do this. Do you know both of those individuals are right? Because if you think you can't do something, then you can't do it. And if you think you can do something, then then you'll eventually be able to do it. The person who says, oh, I just can't, I can't ever imagine that ever happening to me. Have you ever said those words? I just can't imagine that ever happening to me. Do you know when you say that? It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you cannot imagine something happening in your life, then more than likely it's not going to happen in your life. If you want to live a different life, you've got to change the way you think. You say, well, how do I do that? Look at Philippians chapter 4 and let this word just move inside of you and let it give life to you. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Paul is saying, this is what I want you to lean in. This is what I want you to do. I want you to listen to this now. He said, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and what is pure and lovely and admirable. I want you to think about those things that are excellent, and I want you to think about those things that are worthy of praise. But he said, you've got to fix your thoughts. You've got to direct your thoughts. You've got to think about good things. Man, we are inundated with the negative things. And so we've got to change the way we think. We've got to allow God's Word to come and wash us. So many times... We battle with negative thoughts, and the only way that we're going to get rid of the negative thoughts and get the junk out of us, out of our lives, is that we start to be, we're cleansed from the inside out. We're cleansed through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, but we're also cleansed by reading the Bible. The Bible is a cleansing agent. It's like a, uh, the Word washes us. So think about that. So we start off by saying faith is the, that thing that we hope for when we hope for something and, and we, we know it's going to happen. We had this picture in our mind. Your imagination shapes your life and the imagination is essential by living by faith. That's the first one. Here's number two. I believe that great lives are built around great dreams. I believe that great lives are built around great dreams. Great lives are built around great dreams. In my lifetime, I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of great people. Now, some of the people that I've met through the years are famous. And some people, uh, great people, are not famous, not so famous. Because you see, because fame and greatness have nothing to do with each other. You can be famous but not be great. And you can be great and not be famous. Great lives are built around great dreams. 
No one is naturally a great person. I think you become a a great person by attaching yourself to a, a great cause, a great purpose, or a great dream. That's when greatness comes. You attach yourself to a great cause, a great purpose, or a great dream. All of us need something bigger than ourselves to really become great in this world. We need something bigger than ourselves to pull us out of this self-centeredness that we live in. We live in a culture that that just highlights um, uh, self-centered ideas and activities. And so before you know it, that's all we're talking about. It's what I want, what makes me feel good, uh, my future plans, my this, my that, me, me, my, my. But we'll never become great by focusing only on ourselves. God has a plan bigger than yourself. God has a dream bigger than yourself. People often miss their calling in life because they're following their dreams instead of following God's dream. They often miss their their calling. They miss their purpose in life because they're following their own dreams instead of God's dream. I'm not interested in you following your dreams. You know, we hear it all the time. Oh, go after your dreams. I want you to follow God's dream for your life. Yes. I want you to follow God's dream for your life. Because if you want significance, you'll go after him. If you want significance in your life, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things that you desire, they're going to come. I believe God's going to give you those desires. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. But it's a a matter of putting God first. It's a matter of priorities. You put God first, all these other things will, will fall in line. God puts you on this planet with a purpose. And some people believe that that success, that being a success and knowing your purpose in life are the same thing. But it's not. You can be a raving success in life and still never know why you were placed on this planet. You see, God's dream for your life is greater than your personal fulfillment. It's greater than your own happiness. It's greater than your own peace of mind. Listen to this. You were made by God, and you were made for God, and you were put here for his purposes. And until you understand that, life is not going to ultimately make sense. But God has put you here on this earth, and he's given a dream, and I believe that God's dream for your life is bigger than your dream. You said, how much bigger? Well, we talked about it last week. Immeasurably more. That's the message of Ephesians 3 and 20. He said, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than you ask or even imagine according to the power that works in you. Notice that. God is able to do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. According to what? It's that power. There's a power inside of you. When you have Jesus Christ living in your life, you have the power of God's Spirit moving 
to accomplish even more than you thought you could. Now, I've got a pretty big imagination, but sometimes uh, I'm challenged with that. Last Sunday, in between services, I was moving around the, uh, the auditorium talking to people when somebody came up to me and said, Hey, Marty, and this is just, I'm in casual conversation. Hey, did you see the game last night? Oh, man, that was good. Or, oh, man, I'm sorry your team lost. I mean, just all this kind of, and then somebody comes up to me and said, oh, can you tell me um, what are the things that you want to accomplish in the next five years so that I can start to pray for you and, uh, and give toward those ideas? I'm just talking about the football game. And, and he challenged me with those words, and, and I really could not answer him that quick. But I'm telling you, I went home and I thought about what he said. And the next day I'm thinking, I'm writing these down. So next time if he asks, <laughs> I'm going to be able to say it with clarity. What do you need me to pray about? What do you need me to give towards? Okay. That's what, those were his words. And so I'm trying to look to see if he is in this audience today. I don't see him. Maybe it'll be the next service. How about that? But yeah, I went home and I wrote down four things that I am dreaming for. And these are God-sized dreams. That I want to, uh, we want to expand the ministry of Stevens Creek Church to five campuses by 2025. And why do we want to do that? So that the lost people can be found and broken people can be healed. And there's no greater calling than that. So that lost people can be found and broken people can be healed. Secondly, I'd say to him, I wanna, we want to build a chapel for weddings and funerals so that we can minister to families during milestone moments in their lives. Very practically. Think about weddings and funerals. What do those two have in common? That they bring families together. And oftentimes, in those family units, there, there are people who are close to God and people who are far from God. Wouldn't it be interesting? Wouldn't it be good so that we could provide a sacred space for families to gather to celebrate a wedding or families to gather to grieve with one another as they say goodbye to a loved one? Wouldn't it be neat to have a sacred space for that? The third thing I would tell him is I have this dream of being debt-free so that the ministry can uh, be unencumbered when opportunities come our way. I dream that for our church. I have a dream of that for you. I dream that you would be debt-free. There's something about that. Patty and I are, are debt-free, and there's a liberty that comes that when you realize uh, that that you have the resources to take care of the basic needs of your family. And the fourth thing I would say is I would love to set aside a restricted trust fund for this church so that the next generation of Creekers would be able to be resourced that would aid in their ministry to reach this community for Christ. And we think about that for the church. I think about that for you in your life, that you would have uh, some type of savings that, that would touch and bless the generation that will follow. 
so I'm ready. So you come ask me that question, I won't be lame again, okay? But I'll be prepared. But, you know, sometimes we need to just sit back and say, okay, what is it that we're rallying around? What is, what's the dream that you have? I mean, we talked about the church's dream, but how about your dream? What's your dream? Because when God wants to do something in your life, he begins with a dream. Some of you have this dream of, of finishing high school, or maybe you have this dream of finishing your college degree. Maybe some of you have a dream of getting married or having a family. You have a dream of going on a missions trip, or maybe you have a, a dream of serving, or, or maybe you have a dream of starting a business. What do you, what's your dream? Because when God wants to move in your life, he begins with a dream. God's dream for your life and God's dream for this church is so much bigger than what we have imagined. And let's be honest here. Most of us are living below our potential. Most of us are simply living below our potential. So don't base your dreams on what you think you can do but base your dreams on what you believe God can do through you. I want you to let the size of your God determine the size of your goals. I want you to allow God to speak through you. But here's the problem. So many of us struggle with this. We struggle with doubt. We struggle with fear. And doubt is the enemy of our dreams. Doubt is the enemy of our dream. Here's the point. Doubt and fear neutralize what God wants to do in your life. It takes courage to dream. It takes courage. Most people don't act on their dreams because they're afraid of failing. Look, I have failed over and over and over in my life. I have failed over and over in my ministry and my work. Here's an example of one of them. When I was 23 years old, I had this dream of reaching business leaders uh, with a positive message. Now, it was a crazy dream because, honestly, I was probably 12 to 18 months or so, maybe two years off of food stamps and living in government housing. So we didn't have resources, but I had this dream of reaching business leaders. Now, the fact that I didn't have any resources didn't stop me. I wanted to reach business leaders, so uh, we were living in Birmingham, Alabama, so I rented a restaurant on a Sunday morning because uh, it was a pizza place, and they didn't, have, they didn't open until after lunch. And so I rented a restaurant in Birmingham to start a Sunday morning group for business leaders called the Success in Life Club. Because when you're 23, you have had a lot of success in life. <laughs> and so I wanted to be a part and let everybody sense the success in my life. Okay, and this is a real genuine story, okay? And so, and so I rented the restaurant, and then um, I heard... Zig Ziglar was coming to town, and I was using his material in the group. So I thought, 
what if I could get Zig Ziglar, who is one of the uh, most famous motivational speakers back in yesteryear, uh, what if I could get him to give me a plug? He was coming to town to do this thing at the Civic Center, no less. And so I went and I put flyers on everybody's car at the Civic Center, come to the Success in Life Club, and Zig actually closed it and mentioned it. So on Sunday following that, I showed up. I had 60 business leaders to this group. That's what we launched with, 60 business leaders for the Success in Life Club. Do you know it only took me six weeks to get that group of 60 down to two, Patty and me? <laughs> it was just us. And baby, we're a team, aren't we? And, and that's a true story. I mean, we got down, we really got down to four, and I finally told them, well, those other two says, y'all can go on. <laughs> it ain't going to make it. Um, but we failed. We, we just failed. It just didn't work. And a lot of times you will fail at things. Um, about 10 years after that, we had started a church here in town, and it was a traditional church like every other church in town. Because Augusta, Georgia is the buckle of the Bible Belt. Did you know that? And the reason they call us the buckle of the Bible Belt is that the Southern Baptist Convention actually started right here in Augusta uh, through First Baptist Church. And so they call us the buckle of the Bible Belt. So, which simply means that um, it's a very traditional area. It's a very conservative area. And so uh, we launched the church, it's a traditional church, and I'll never forget one of the greatest days of my life after starting the church, this is a true story, was the day that our choir had new choir robes. And I'll tell you, I really felt like I walked in that auditorium and the choir was there with choir robes, and I'm thinking like I finally became a real pastor. <coughs> they really wasn't brand new, I really bought them for $8 a piece out of a church out of Athens. But they were new to us, and we were proud to have them. And so, uh, but along about that time, we had a nice church, but we were not reaching our potential. We were not reaching lost people, and God challenged me. And God redirected my dream to reach lost people. And here's the deal, to start a contemporary church. Now, you've got to understand, today in Augusta, there's a contemporary church on every corner. Back then, there was like none. No contemporary churches. The vineyard and us, we started together, and, and that was it. And so when I started introducing the concept of electric guitars and drums, all that kind of stuff, music, drama, and so forth, people were scratching their head, and they're thinking, oh, you changed the rules on us. We don't like what you're doing. And we went through a six-month period where half of our church left. They walked out the door and said, no, we're not, we're not embracing that. And what I discovered is I had the right idea, okay? But I failed in communicating it in a compelling way. So many times you may have the right dream and you may have the right idea, but you've got to learn how to communicate it in a way that people can understand it, in a way that people can receive it. And you've got to uh, communicate in a way that's compelling. And so that's what I, I learned from my mistakes. But also, uh, I realized it takes courage to step out. It takes courage to step out in faith. Now, courage 
is doing the thing that you fear the most. Courage is doing the thing that you fear the most. If, if you're not afraid, you don't need courage. Courage only happens when you're scared to death. Courage happens when you are scared to death, but you say, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to put myself out there. This thing scares me to death, but I'm going to take that step. And you'll start to understand that your dreams are going to be fueled by fear or by faith. And God-sized dreams are always fueled by faith. There's a great story in the Bible where a man who had a son who was sick came to Jesus and said, Oh, please heal my son if you can. And Jesus said, What do you mean if I can? We pick up the story in Mark chapter 9. He said, But if you can do anything... Have compassion on us. This is the man saying that to Jesus. Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, all things. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I can relate to that. Because oftentimes I say, God, I believe you, but I've got some doubts. And maybe some of you are like that today. That you've come into this auditorium. You've come into our South Campus. You, you made it to the Dream Center today. And you have a dream of, of your life changing. And you want it to change, and you want to believe in God, and, and you're trying to figure out this, this God thing. You're trying to figure out God and Jesus and Christmas and Easter and all of that. But yet you have some doubts. I'm not afraid of your doubts. And for those of you that are here today and you have some doubts about God and Jesus and the church and Christmas and Easter... Here's what I would say to you. Just come back next week. Just come back next week. Bring your doubts and bring your fears. Bring all of that back with you next week. Because I believe that God is going to help you see things that you have not seen before. And he's going to open the doors that you never imagined possible. Doors to a new life and a new hope and a, a, a new power inside of you. Now, let's close it out. I said there's five things. Here's the five, fifth and final one. If a dream is from God, it will be connected to his church and his plan for the world. If your dream is from God, it's going to be connected to his plan and his church, his church and his plan. You see, God wants to use you to make a difference, to be a light in this community. God didn't create you just to live a self-centered life where you get up and go to work and come home and watch television and, and go to bed and you make a little money and then uh, you retire and die. But so many times people do that. That's what they do. They get up in the morning, they go to work, and they work all day, they come home and they watch TV. They get up the next morning, they do it all again. Eventually they get to the place where they retire, they go in Social Security and they die. 
You are meant for so much more than that. God has a bigger dream for your life than that. You're not here. God didn't put you here just to be a consumer. God didn't put you here just so that you could live for the weekend. God wants you to be a contributor. God wants you to give your life to him. And when you give your life to him and you give your dreams to him, he takes what we give him and he blesses those and then he multiplies that to meet a need. In other words, you get get to be a part of what he is doing on this earth. God's called you to be a part of a greater purpose, to be a part of his family. So there's three questions I want to let you think about when it comes to God's dream for your life. The three questions are, what if, why not, and why not me? What if, why not, why not me? The first one is, what if? What if God opens the door for you? What if God opens the door for something different? Are you willing? Are you willing to step through that door? Are you willing to step through that opportunity? Then ask yourself, if you're not, why not? Why aren't you? I mean, what do you see in the world that needs to be done? And then ask yourself, why is this not being done? Or why is this not being done well? There's a lot of people that are doing stuff, but they do it without excellence. And God may be raising you up so that you can show them a better way. Or maybe it's not being done enough. And you're just asking, why not? Why isn't this being done? And when you start to ask that question, you start to realize there's, a, there's more to the question. There's something stirring in your heart. And so finally, why not me? Why not me? Why not now? Why don't I take that step, that next step of faith? God has a dream for your life. And I know you're sitting in our South Campus. You're sitting in this auditorium. You're sitting in the Dream Center. And you have doubts. Oh, no, I've done too many bad things. I've made too many mistakes. God can't use me. But he can. Because God specializes in taking what we give him and blessing it. In other words, he prepares us. He cleanses us. He gives us a... a, a new opportunity. He removes our sin and gives us a second chance. God's dream for your life is for you to be a part of his family. For you to be a part of his church. And when you think about becoming a part of a church, it's not about being a perfect good person. It's about understanding that Jesus Christ has forgiven you of your sins and he's written your name down in his book. And one day when you stand before God, he'll open up your book, that his book, and when he sees your name, he'll say, welcome in to the joys of the Lord.
It's as simple as that. You say, Marty, how do I get my name in his book? It's nothing you can do. You can't work to do it. It's something that you receive. You see, he's knocking on your door right now and saying, I want to come into your life, but you've got to open that door. And so we open the door and say, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. Have you ever had a prayer like that? Have you ever prayed a prayer? Have you ever invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Today is your day. There are many reasons that you chose to be in this room today. But I believe God was ordering your footsteps. God was ordering your footsteps for this moment in time. Where that you're not just a part of a larger audience, but it is as if God is speaking directly to you. Right where you are, right in your situation, right into your heart. And he's saying this to you. You don't have to continue to live like you have been living. You can be free of that guilt. And you can be free of that shame. And you can be free of that past. You can be made new. You say, how? Open the door. Say, Jesus, come in. Jesus, save me. In a few minutes, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to be bold enough and courageous enough to pray that prayer. Now, some of you have prayed that prayer before, but for whatever reason, you have wandered away from the faith. And you look at your life, and you never imagined it turning out like it has. You never imagined being where you are. Here's what I want to say to you. Don't focus on what the past and what you've done, focus on the very fact that today that you can rededicate your life and that Jesus will wash your sin away and will make you new and he will cleanse you. Focus on your freedom. So it's time to pray. But to do that, I, I want us all to stand together in a reverent moment. So just don't be taken off for the door. Don't be grabbing your purse and your your Bible or so, just, just stand here just for a moment. Just give me two minutes, okay? That the presence of the Lord could be in this space, that the presence of the Lord can move in our South Campus and the Dream Center, that this moment, and there are some of you that the Lord is going to speak to you in this moment. And you're going to have insight and you're going to have wisdom. Some of you will receive a, a picture of somebody that you need to go send a text message to. You need to go call. You need to have lunch with that person. Some of you, God will give you a, a burden for a, a ministry or, or a way to help somebody. So just be open to those kind of promptings. But first of all, we want to take care of the most important, first of all, and that's those of you that have never made a decision to follow Jesus. Today is your day. Today is the day that you can be saved. Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you for this sacred moment. I pray that over the next few minutes that you would change lives. 
If you've never been saved, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, say that. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Say that. Jesus, forgive me. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you want me to be. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. Father, I pray for those individuals as they uh, pray this prayer. I pray, God, for those that are rededicating their lives. I pray, Father, Lord, for those uh, folks that are surrendering their, uh, their hearts to you, their lives, their businesses, uh, their futures. So we give our lives to you and come now, Lord, and move in this place. And God, let your power and let your spirit rest upon us. And Father, we are praying that you would uh, fill this place, God, with miracles. So come, Lord. We receive what you have for us. Say that. Say, God, I receive. Say that. I receive what you have for me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to look at that. Uh, um, I want you to text the word decided. To text the word decided to 706-222-7123. And this will help you take some next steps. God bless you today. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.